Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. My grandmother Mildred called our house one Sunday afternoon. Mom answered. Author Haven Kimmel is telling this story from her childhood. Hello? Dee Dee? Mildred's voice could sharpen pencils. Where are you? Mother, where did you call? How come you're not in church? Dad could hear Mildred's voice eking out the edges of the receiver, which caused him to grimace involuntarily. Church got out a little while ago. Now I'm home. I've got a question for you. Mabel Simpkins told me today that the Jesus who died at Easter was the same one who was born at Christmas. Is that true? Before mom could answer, Mildred continued, I just laughed at Mabel and told her she wasn't making a fool of me. I know Easter comes before Christmas. (laughs) Mom closed her eyes as if in prayer. We don't choose our relatives, she always said. Damn shame was my father's reply. The central focus of Christianity in general, and Easter specifically, is resurrection. Jesus coming back to life after death. Theological tomes chronicle the lively debate among those who believe in a spiritual resurrection and those who believe in a physical resurrection. Unitarian Universalists have largely steered clear of the topic altogether and chosen the path of metaphor. When we speak of resurrection at Easter, we're talking about the earth bringing forth new life at springtime and Jesus' teachings living on in our hearts and through our lives. Grandmother Mildred is asking the right question. We think of birth preceding death. But sometimes, Easter comes before Christmas. Death comes before birth. And it is darkest before the dawn. Who among us has not known a time when we needed a theology of resurrection? A belief that what has been shattered can be restored or made new. We need a love that is stronger than fear. Today I invite you to join me in considering resurrection as something not so exotic as to be inaccessible or unimportant to our theology. I want to try on the word resurrection as it relates to one of my favorite teachings of Rabbi Jesus, love one another. 
love one another as I have loved you. I want to invite you to consider the spiritual practice of what I'm calling resurrection love. Six years ago, my friend Lisette adopted an 11-year-old girl out of sexual slavery. She was told there was no hope of making a difference for this child who was on a fast track to death, an active addict whose psychological testing concluded that she was incapable of trusting or bonding with another human being. But Lisette believes that just one person loving us unreasonably, as she says, loving us outside the bounds of reason, just one person loving us beyond reason might break through. Love breaks through. Six years have passed. More often than not, it was hard to call who would prove to be right, the hopeful or the hopeless. But on March 25th, Lisette's daughter spoke at the State House at a hearing about sex trafficking in the Commonwealth. She is finishing high school, heading to college, and she is profoundly connected to Lisette, who loves her unreasonably, which is to say that she adores her without condition. As I looked at the photos of the event, saw the beautiful 17-year-old young woman standing at the podium, kissing her mother, rocking a pair of fabulous high heels in an entirely new way. I saw the embodiment of resurrection. Love wins. Unreasonable love, resurrection love, is courageous, heartbreaking, tenacious tenacious, meaning keeping a firm grip, holding on, clinging. But sometimes resurrection love calls us to be open-handed, to let go. In a story about friends of a friend, a wonderful couple whose child was born with cerebral palsy, Anne Lamott writes, he is very intelligent and a cool, cool teenager now. This story is from a few years ago. He had always had major problems with coordination and stamina. One leg tended to drag, and he had this appearance of sort of disjointed gangliness. But when he was 10 years old, he asked his parents for a bicycle. Great, they said, and set about planning for a specially equipped bike that he might be able to ride without hurting himself. No he said, I want a regular two-wheeler. He wanted a bike like all the other 10-year-olds in the neighborhood. His parents did their best to talk him out of it, explaining how the kids on regular bikes had started out on trikes and then moved on to bikes with training wheels, and after a great deal of practice, moved on to big kids' bikes with handbrakes and gears. He said he knew that, but he was too big for a trike or even training wheels, and he just wanted a chance to ride a regular two-wheeler. So after stalling for as long as possible, trying to talk him out of it or distract him, they got him a bike with training wheels. No training wheels, he said. So they took off the training wheels. 
He tried to get on his bike and ride it as he must have seen himself doing in his mind for a long time, and it did not go well at all. It was very painful for his parents, and it continued to be painful as over and over, day after day, he got on his bike and fell over. But he kept trying. And after a very long time, after months and months and months, he could wobble down the block, but he still fall over and he couldn't steer for anything. He broke his arm and several other bones and it was killing his parents with disappointment on his behalf and fear on theirs that he would hurt himself or kill himself, land too hard on his head or veer out into traffic. But they let him keep trying and he kept trying. After three years, Anne Lamott concludes, he was able to ride pretty steadily around the block. Three years it took him what other kids can master in an afternoon or a week. Three years he stuck with it. And then in six months, he learned to let go of one handlebar so he could wave to you as he pedaled past. I love the tenacity of this child his single-pointed focus, his passion to learn to ride against all the odds. And just as deeply, I love his parents' open-handedness, the fierce love that dares to stand back and let go. The hallmark of resurrection love is unreasonable love. And sometimes, Surrender. Resurrection love is always love without condition. A woman was lying in a hospital bed dying with AIDS. She had lived the last years of her life addicted to heroin, not caring where or how she got her next fix just as long as she got it, not caring about anyone or anything really, including herself. And one day a young priest was visiting the hospital and stopped in to speak with this woman, wasted to the brink of death. He sat down next to her and asked about her spiritual life. I'm lost, she replied. I've ruined my life, ruined my life, and every life my life has touched. There is absolutely no hope for me. Obviously, this is hell, and I'm going to hell. The priest sat with her in silence. On the dresser, there was a framed picture of a pretty girl. Who's that, he asked. The woman brightened a little. That's my daughter, the one beautiful thing in my life. And would you help her, he asked, if she made a mistake or she were in trouble? Of course I would, said the woman. Could you forgive her? Would you still love her? I'd do anything for her. She's so precious to me, so precious. 
And then she added, why do you ask? Because I want you to know, answered the priest, that God has a picture of you on God's dresser. Beloved spiritual companions, this is the spiritual practice of resurrection love, unreasonable love, love that breaks through, courageous, heartbreaking, by times tenacious, hold on, and by times open-handed love, love with no training wheels, love that lets go and waves. Rabbi Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Resurrection love. Love wins. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.